millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall, as you know, is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, usually in Toronto, sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of subjects, with the one restriction being that they cannot speak on topics on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. This is the Trampoline Hall podcast. We have been doing the podcast now in these six-week mini-seasons. This is the final week of the current season. This is the last uh, podcast in the current season. All the episodes in this season were chosen by Margot Williamson, who went back through the Trampoline Hall archive and chose uh, six episodes to make up this season. We'll be starting our next season on September 4th, and John McCurley will be choosing the lectures uh, for that season. If you like the podcast and you're in Toronto, uh, you should come out and see the show. Uh, You can join our email list. That's on our website to find out more about that. And for now, this is the final episode in the current season. Uh, It might contain mature language. And now let's go on to our final episode. Oh, wait, I have to tell you now, on this final episode, the lecturer is anonymous. Uh, She's chosen for reasons that might become clear by listening to the talk. And the topic is letters from my attorney. Without even agreeing to, 
to it, we all started to mess with them in as many ways as was possible. <laughs> the created personas that came to be when talking to the agents were spontaneous and natural, and oddly so, they were independently created of one another. The, the driving force behind all of them was the same though, a deep and, pre and precise contempt of capitalism and a contempt of the little minion worker bees that kept that system intact and running. <laughs> From the other side, the attempts of convincing me to start paying off my loan were varied like the agents themselves. They ranged from comically threatening to pure and terrifying. The thing that always remained the same was that our shared object ran nonstop. Some agents threatened and some did not. I remember one who out of pure desperation pretended to be a cop on the phone, claiming that if I did not make a payment or any sort of agreement to a payment, I would be taken away that very moment. Threats of possible legal persecution was a tactic utilized by many of them. It is because of this that over time a fierce and fearless lawyer, Amy Puckwith, was born from my roommate Paul's imagination. <laughs> because Amy Puckwith's creator was my roommate, I reaped the rewards of having my own personal live-in lawyer. Amy Puckwith, for the next year or so, represented me and other people who were plagued by collectors. <laughs> she worked tirelessly. She wrote letters, made and answered phone calls, responded to threats, and unbelievably so confused the credit agents that some actually thought her to be a legit lawyer. One summer I went away and an Australian backpacker sublet in my room. He had an accident serious enough that he couldn't avoid the hospital. And because of that hospital visit, he accrued a medical bill that eventually went to collections. By the time his bill went to collections, I was back and he had been long gone, up to some new place and new adventure. We started receiving threat letters from his collection agency in a tone like this. You have five days to make arrangements for payment or a civil lawsuit can be filed against you. To which Amy Puckwith responded, <laughs> also in a letter format, Dear Mr. Such-and-Such, please be advised that my client Such-and-Such doesn't like your attitude and does definitely not care about your threats. <laughs> Later on, she continues. And, and so here are some more rock-solid legal ar arguments <laughs> I have come up with on behalf of my client. <laughs> Number one. Am I to assume by your frequent attempts to contact Monsieur such and such at, six, at 61 Nassau Street, Toronto, Ontario, that this is the residence in which you believe him to reside? And if so, what would you say to the news that it is in fact not? Uh -oh. And also, And also, can I assume correctly that your reaction to the following news that my client is not in Toronto not even Ontario, would be a slackening of your jaw and perhaps the accidental <laughs> dropping of a pen or pencil. A pen or pencil that you have previously wielded great control over. <laughs> Uh-oh, I think you dropped something, Mr. Far, far away in the land of the United States. 
democracy too. Okay, so my client is probably sipping on some locally favored beverage, perhaps relaxing on some sort of beach, if the country in question does indeed have beaches. I am of course not at the liberty to divulge that particular <laughs> And perhaps he wishes to pass on to you that he is having a very nice time. <laughs> not all collection agents fell for Amy Puckfist's uh, schemes, but some definitely did. I would have agents saying things like, as was confirmed by your legal representative, Ms. Buckfist, or on their records and shows that your lawyer, Ms. Buckfist, has laid claims to such and such. The power of Ms. Buckfist was that she appropriated the very language of the agents, directly poking fun at the tactics that they employed, seeing through and to the bottom of their threats and mocking them. If a credit agent loses the power to book fear, then they become powerless and a failure in their profession. The most accomplished agent knows that fear is the most powerful tool of manipulating people into doing what you want them to. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> I spoke to the agents as a 90-year-old Eastern European grandma that had no short-term memory, <laughs> but that had a faint recollection of my granddaughter that sought after Gabriela. When an agent would ask if Gabriela was at home, I would one day claim that she had moved to Switzerland some 40 years ago. The next day I would say uh, that she's out to getting a driver's test right now, or that she was right here beside me, but that I needed the phone, so we're just saying I've been <laughs> The aim was always to annoy them and infuriate them as much as they were annoying and infuriating me. You tell your granddaughter that she can go to jail for this. Who in jail? Tell your granddaughter I'm going, to find her. <laughs> I'm going to find her and put her in jail. You going to jail? No. <laughs> no, your granddaughter's going to jail. My granddaughter's in jail? No, she's not in jail now, and so on. Sometimes my roommates would pretend to be me, and sometimes I would pretend to be them. I remember one morning my roommate picked up the phone, not even being fully awake. I heard her say, this is her. Then after a short pause, I heard, shame on you. This is your job? Good job you have scaring poor people. The regular phone calls and letters were a persistent intrusion of such a sinister sort onto our lives. A constant reminder of how poverty is an industry and how so many people make a living on the backs of the poor. People parasites just doing their jobs, utilizing any tool possible. Fear and guilt being the most prevalent one. A collection agent once even threatened that he was gonna put my dog down when he heard my friend's dog barking in the background. Yeah, because he was like, you obviously can't afford a dog, so I'm gonna kill you. Um, <laughs> then there was the time a credit agent who had been trying to get a hold of me for weeks finally succeeded while I was at work. It was past midnight and he sounded hammered, slurring his words. It was our first official phone call. Usually each collection agent stayed on my case for a while so we would all get to know each other. I was caught off guard so I admitted that I was myself. Yes, it's me. Do you know who I am? Uh, no. I'm the big shark in the sea and you're a little puny fish. I looked at the window worried that some man was across the street at the Greek bar looking into the empty bar that I was working in. No, I'm pretty sure I'm not fit a fish, he hangs up. Next shift, same thing, except this time he was a big, strong elephant and I a little puny ant. When I asked him for his real name, he hung up. 
I thought it strange that he knew when, when I was working, but then I found out that he called my work about five times a day, and that everyone had at least one weird conversation with him. Anyways, eventually, I and my roommates became experts on all of the rules governing the relationship between the indebted and the pursuers. I felt more at ease knowing that they couldn't take me to jail on the spot, or take my mother to jail, or deport me, <laughs> all real threats. Nor could they wait for me outside my work, threaten to hurt me, and yes, they had no authority to put my friend's dog down. <laughs> Amy Puckwith had something to say to the wound up, tight, and aggressive agent. She advises the following. It could certainly be considered legal advice in the sense that it is certainly not illegal to advise a person in such a matter. <laughs> to another now that you need to relax. <laughs> she concludes the letter by saying, should you choose to carry on with your whining, cockle doodle dotting, graying and moaning, my client and I will think of something to sue you for it. <laughs> it will be big time, big deal, you will be sorry. shaking the collection agencies and to rid myself of my debt. My plan was very thought out. I figured that over time, the value of my loan would diminish being passed from one agency to another. I stubbornly persevered, knowing that if I let enough time pass, that it would be easy to settle my debt at a very low price. I aimed to remain quiet for 20 years, but I lasted 17. <laughs> the idea was that I had to become basically useless to them. This is how you do it. The creditors could not have an inkling of hope that I was ever going to be able to pay them back or that they could get any money from me, such as confiscating my tax, my tax returns. I also could not, for instance, be hiding out from my student loans or making regular payments on other bills. This would have constituted an inkling of hope. There's a window of time after which a collection agency has very little power. It is anywhere between 6 and 15 years. So I laid low and waited it out. But keeping in mind, even verbally admitting on the phone that you have a debt to them sets the clock back. I was, I was surprised that in, after 17 years, so finally I figured out which collection agents had my file. And so I called them one day, and I told the person on the phone that I wanted to settle. And it's usually really hard to settle on student loans, but she got really excited. Um, I offered her $2,000, and she said four. And she said this was not negotiable and I had three days to pay her. So then I borrowed the money from a bunch of my friends and did my taxes for all of that time, paid, paid her the money, and then with my tax return I paid back my friends and then I was done. <laughs> so You're listening to the Trampling Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, the Q&A. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. What was the original amount that you owed? But uh, I just, because I was doing the speech, I, I actually looked into what my ended thing was that I was settling on. I was thinking, oh, it's 60,000, but it was actually only 4,300. Uh, 4, so it devalued so much. And so kind of like the, the woman that I negotiated with, she kind of tricked me. <laughs> because I could have probably pushed So you regret, you regret that you overpaid. <laughs> You really? <laughs> 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 All right, okay. Uh, uh, there's another question. Did you have one? Yes, it was, uh, you had the same question. Okay, all right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Any other questions? Yes, you, ma'am. Yes. How is Amy Puckwith's last name spelled? How is, Puck, how is Amy Puckwith's last name spelled? <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the invite to this, like you got it. Did you I think it's on the program. Oh, is on, it? on the back of the program, you'll see a letter, and it's the envelope that she used to send. Uh, P-U-C-K-W-I-T-H. Whoa. Yeah. Did, you, did, you ask, did you ask because you want to look her up and engage her services? Is that why? Is that a real last name? Is that a, is that a real last oh, name? No, no, no. It's my... It's my... my <laughs> it's, a, it's the persona my... Yeah. Oh, it's, the person- it's the persona my roommate Paul created in order to talk to people. And you were like, oh yeah, because you were like, Mrs. Fuckworth, Mrs. Fuckworth, Fuckworth, you're like, yes. Not Fuckworth, not, not to be confused with the Fuckworths who do not exist. The Puckwits are, and did you think of, what if you, did you think of Fuckwith? Was that what you guys thought of? I thought of Puck, I thought it was like so Canadian. I was like, Puckwith, like I was like the most Canadian thing. She has the Puck, like she, that's where the power resides. But I, I guess, I, I guess that makes it a great name. Yes, uh, yes, you know. Did Paul write all the letters, yeah. or was there a firm of lawyers? <laughs> it was just one. And just one. you. That was you. You were just the entire. You were the entirety of Amy Puckwood. But but you have the persona of the concerned citizen called Mr. Popcorn, right? Also, Mr. The concerned citizen called Mr. Popcorn. <laughs> Who also writes letters sometimes. <laughs> What, was, was it in the same? Was it also in the collection agencies thing, or somewhere, no, somewhere else? No, popcorn didn't write collection agencies. So Mr. Popcorn is just but, a concerned citizen. But there citizen. was a suggestion to the police force to exchange it with the whole canine unit to get rid of like, human beings and only have dogs. Am I putting you on the spot? Yeah. All right. 
All right, any other questions? Yes, uh, yes, you, ma'am, yes. Did you, so did you have other personas? Yes. Yeah, did you have other personas? Oh, there, were so many, there were so many things going on. It was a collective house, and so basically four of us lived there, but actually maybe 20 of us lived there. And, and like everybody just had to go ahead to do whatever they wanted, right? So like when, whenever there was a collective, so sometimes like uh, one of my roommates, she would just have these really intense, long conversations, kind of, kind of a bit flirty. I don't know, like, there was like all sorts of things going on. Yeah, many different people. It was just meant to confuse them. All right, okay, all right. Uh, yes, ask you, ma'am. What was the debt for? What was the debt for? Oh, just my student loan. No, but what was your, like, education? Like, what did you learn? Oh, yeah. Is the question. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the... I did, I did two years of Concordia for creative writing, and then I did two years at Ryerson for film, but didn't complete either one of those. Okay, does, that, does that answer your question? Yes. Certainly does. Yes, uh, yes uh, you, ma'am, yes. Did you get a sense of the, the agents? Did you, did you get a s- Or was it sort of, did it feel anonymous, or did you have a real It wasn't anonymous. It was a bit different than I think it works now, because we would have one agent, I say we, there was an agent that would follow us <laughs> repeatedly. So sometimes you would have the same agent for three months, and then they would get switched over. So you have like an ongoing... Oh, so you would, they would be from between one agent and the next, you mean? Yeah. Or, like, did you get a sense of following Oh, I feel like there was some kind of, like, relationships that kind of formed between people. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, this person, Godgift, um, who I didn't have a chance to... Re- there was this collection agent, Godgift. He was kind of the most memorable one. The agent was called Godgift? Yeah, yeah. Is it possible that that was also the same person who was Mr. Popcorn and Amy Poppin? <laughs> like the whole thing, you're just taught, you're just your one roommate talking to the dog. This is the impression I had of other collection agents. I had a feeling that uh, once a new collection agency gets your file, they probably give your file to a kind of not, not so aggressive person. But the way it worked back then is that they would just call you repeatedly for about three months. And then when they would be about to sell off your debt to a new agency, then they would put like a really aggressive kind of shark character who threatened you and did all sorts of things. And if you didn't cave into that, eventually after about a year, I would assume a new credit agency got your file. Wow. Yeah. And, and would you have like and you have like an ongoing relationship with like the same person? Oh yeah, the same people called you every single day. Did you ever like did you ever get any sense into like any window into like what any of them like, did you ever, like, catch any glimmer of, like, what their lives were like? Or oh, what yeah, they yeah, were yeah. Like? I know, like, sometimes I would ask them, don't you own any debts? Like, and stuff like that, and find out that they, of course, own debts. Sure. And then they were, like, doing this because they had to pay off their debts. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, uh, yes, you see. So, 17 years, right? So, did you notice trends, like, as, like, hey, there's a good thing they're doing now, trends in <laughs> did, you, did you notice any like up and coming trends in in collection strategies over these twenty years? Like, what's hot? What's hot in collections these days? For sure, I feel like uh, the thing that I, I noticed is that um, some people really got into psychology, right? And they would study tactics that that probably prison guard study or uh, or like interrogation agent study. You know, and so I noticed like these things that they would do, for instance, like they would terrify you, and then they would give you a way out, right? Kind of like 
bad cop, good cop, right? So the bad cop comes in and freaks you right out, and then the good cop is like, oh, you're safe, though, you're okay, this is what you gotta do, right? So there's like a lot of like psychological things that I was, and, and as I said, like everybody had their own thing they were doing, but you could definitely tell people who got hyped on psychology and wanted to. So you'd say that's like the latest one would be the application of psychology. Yeah. Specifically, good cop, bad cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the, it's like a lot. All right, okay. Yeah. So there you go. Yes, uh, yes, sure, sure. Uh, what was the hardest thing about hiding out for 17 years? What um, was the hardest thing about hiding out for 17 years? It's actually really hard. People um, are very skeptical when you pull out a lot of cash to pay for like first and last month's rent. Because you know? <laughs> like, I only dealt in cash. Did you and not have a phone account or something? Did you have a phone? I had, I had like, oh what? No. So you didn't have a phone. So you didn't have a phone. You didn't have no, a. Nothing. You have a bank account. You didn't have a bank account. Nothing. You were just like, so you were just trying but not my, to exist. My phone was under somebody else's name, so I always have to remember who that person was. Every time it was under other people's names. Whoa. But, but yeah, it was really hard. Well, all right. Cool. Uh, uh, yes, yes, you, ma'am. Yes. Were uh, Amy Puckwitz's letters typed or handwritten? Were Amy Puckwitz's letters typed or handwritten? <laughs> ask, the, ask the designer in the in the back. That was that, that, that woman back there, Amanda. Okay. Uh, it was handwritten, but the best thing, too, was that the letterhead completely matched the letterhead of the collection. <laughs> <laughs> so, people duplicate the letterhead, except uh, add, like, Amy Puckwith in it. <laughs> was it the same, wait, the same letterhead in that, like, they kept the logo, yeah, or they, they kept the logo. Just, it just, like... <laughs> so, created the logo. <laughs> How <laughs> would they not? They, they wouldn't notice that. They well, no, some people, some people like me was, uh, you know, a joke. But some people actually took it seriously. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, uh, yes. Yes. Up there. Yeah. How has your life changed now that you don't have this debt? How has your life changed now that you don't have this debt? Oh well. Hmm. I think. Well. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just now I I can plan for things a bit differently. It's not like this, there's this thing looming over my head. And I was always actually kind of secretly afraid that they were going to do things like restrict my travel or that new new mm -hmm. rules were going to come in effect. Like, for instance, if you can't leave the country, if you own this huge debt or things like that. So I feel a sense of relief for myself. But for other people, I feel really angry. I just feel like, I mean, probably many people in this room have debts over their heads, right? So just such a shitty way of starting up like a society or a community, you know? Yeah. And so what's different now? Is it just relief or is it, how long, how long is it since, you, since you've not had Oh, it wasn't that long, it was like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. And so do you live differently? Like are you? Well, I mean, when I first got a bank, bank account, they wouldn't even give me a debit card. So it was kind of like similar, I had to kind of work with cash. But um, no, it's a huge sense of relief. It's amazing, yeah. I mean, I just got a phone under my name uh, a month ago, and it felt like it was like something to celebrate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, over there. Yes, you, sir. Were you at all nervous that uh, while doing this talk, some, one of the collection <laughs> Were you worried one of the collection agencies would be here at the talk? Yeah, you know what? That's why I kept the names out, because I actually was like, oh, the names were so funny. Like, the names that, because Amy Puck would, would also give nicknames <laughs> but then I was like, oh, um, no, not worried. Yeah. Well, I guess because in part because you're immune to them now, or, be, or because you figured they wouldn't be here, or both. Oh yeah, no, they could be here. I don't know, but not my collection. 
Maybe somebody does a job. Wait, why do you think your collection agents wouldn't be here? Um, I don't know. Well, maybe. I, I, I like to think that this show is appealing to Anything collection agents. But that's, they would like its whimsical character. I don't know. Uh, Anything's possible. All right, okay. Just, uh, just, just in case, is, is there anybody here who is one of the Brilla's collection agents <laughs> who would choose to identify themselves at this particular moment? It seems very unlikely, but it would be awesome. So just in case. All right, okay. That's an unexpected. Yeah, okay. Yes, uh, yes. You see, have a question. Oh, have you ever thought of consulting to collection agents to share your tricks with them so as to make them more powerful, a goal which you clearly would be psyched about? No. No, okay, all right. All right. Uh, yes, yes, you ma'am. Do you have to file 17 years of taxes now? Uh, oh, I, I did that two years ago, yeah. So yes, you went and you filed 17 years of taxes? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, what's that like? And I look really sketchy officially because like, uh, there's nothing that traces me back to a place or a time. Or, you know? So there's like some random moments, but it definitely looks like I did uh, some kind of illegal activities. So, right, 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 right. Because I mean, he, he would just be like, "How? How did you survive?" Was he? And was he like upset? Or I would think like in some ways, as an accountant, you might be very impressed. By like doing what what you do, like was it was there an element of that or? I think he was a bit impressed. That's good. Is it, <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Uh, uh, I'll go to you. Yes, you, ma'am. Yes. Um, when did you and Amy part ways? When did you and Amy Puckwith part ways? You're assuming they have parted ways. Is that right? So is Amy Puckwith not, has she no longer practicing? Is she, is she? <laughs> oh, that's not, okay, there's no more, there you won't be hearing. We're not currently hearing any more from Amy Puckwith. All right, that's too bad. Okay, anything else? Oh, yes, you ma'am, yes. How did you do it? What was it like not having a bank account? You're like, you're really, you're just like, I can't imagine, right? <laughs> what if you, how would you, how would you use the interact tap feature without a bank account? <laughs> Would you have with them, for instance? It, it was really hard, but I had like a system in my. I bartended for 25 years, right? So that was. So were you selling cash? Yeah, everything cash. was in cash. And in my closet, I kind of had a savings account. <laughs> and it was like in different uh, pockets of different jackets. And then right at the front, right at the front was my pants, which had my kind of like immediate cash that I needed. And then like, I had a piece of paper and I kind of tallied. But I mean, I had to, if I had checks, I had to cash them to friends' accounts, um, which is very hard to do nowadays. Um, and then um, sometimes I would have to ask my bosses to sign things, not to me, but to other people. Uh, anyways, I'm not going to get everything. <laughs> Does that give you a picture? You really seem like, you're, you seem like amazed. All right, okay, it's, well, good. It's well, only really difficult because people don't trust you if you're dealing with cash. So even if you're buying something that's like, I don't know, a bike that's $300 or something like that, people don't trust that you're handling cash so much. They, they feel people like think it's something suspicious if you come in and you yeah. want to pay for something yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. and it's an expensive purchase, you want to pay in cash, you're like, what's wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is this person like, perhaps hiding out yeah. and <laughs> trying, to, trying to not exist in society and conceal their identity and not leave any trace? 
is something they might think of you for some reason. Yes, uh, yes, you, sir. Have you considered consulting for people who are looking to go off the grid? Have you considered consulting for people who want to go off the grid? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's you have considered it? Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that it's just so hard. So I was thinking, actually, would I even advise anybody to do this? It's like, it's really hard to get to get jobs. To uh, well, there are murder convictions, yeah. 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 <laughs> would you say there are murder convictions? <laughs> well, I suppose you'd be like that would be a, someone who would be willing to right. probably on balance worth it to be like, oh, it's somewhat inconvenient. <laughs> not having access to banking services, but it's also inconvenient having to serve a prison term for murder on balance. I'd rather go off the grids. Is that what you're thinking of? In that, so case, in that case, I would do it. You would? Okay. So to take this from the hypothetical to the actual, are you saying this because you or someone you know is a murderer who would like help going off the grid? Just wink w twice if the answer is yes. Only comment through your lawyer, Amy Puckwit. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, any, anything else? Uh, yes. Uh, I'll go to you, sir. Yeah, you, sir. Sure. You. With that, yeah. Um, curious about what the experience was trying to um, skirt the government of Canada around tax. So, what was it like trying to not pay your taxes for 17 years? Uh, you asked. I could, only hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. So, some things I'm just not going to get into right now. <laughs> <laughs> just because everything is being recorded. It's but so, uh, 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 but what was it? Was it uh, all right? Okay. Is there anything you can say about it? What, what? Yeah. So were the collection like people who would contact you from the government were they similar to the people? Did who you? Oh, that's. As in, like nobody could contact me anywhere, not even the government. So they didn't. Just the government just couldn't yeah. even find you. Yeah. Until like now. <laughs> <laughs> now that it says on the trampoline hall website, right? <laughs> all right. Uh, yes, you, ma'am. We'll go to you. Yes, you have number Yes. So the question is, you were going to disappear for 20 years. You, you almost made it. And then right at 17, I'm rephrasing it a little bit. Then at 17, you quit. That's not really what you said, but I'm giving it a bit of a spin. How come? What, what made you fall short of your goal? Oh, it was just, it was just so random. I tweeted to the other match. I woke up one day and I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen. The tricky thing is, though, you can't acknowledge that you have a debt. So I, just oh. thought, I found out who had my, and I was like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So I just called <coughs> How do you do that without acknowledging everything? You just call them and be like, hey, I thought it'd be cool to give you guys some money. <laughs> no reason. No, no, I was just like, hey, so I hear that you have a file for such and such a person. Right. And then I said... Uh, so you don't say that you are that person. No, no. Right. So then later I can be like, oh, I don't even know who that is. Right. <laughs> and then, and then after that, but then afterwards, call it yourself, which is something I often do. Right, right, yeah. right. Is there... And then when she agreed and all this stuff, she was basically saying... Well, she said, like, nobody else would do this for her. But anyway, so I hung up the, call, the phone, and right. then I called her back to myself. Right. <laughs> and I think, like, she knew. But I, <laughs> so we worked it out, uh, and I got the money that day, and I paid her, and then the rest. Cool. All right, amazing. Right. Anything else? Oh, yes, you back there, yes. Did you pay her in cash? Did you pay in cash? <laughs> No, because the money wasn't even mine, so it went to somebody else's bank account. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, over there, yes. Yeah, yeah. So if they call you and they're like, you owe $30,000, what do you do? You just like, no? They yeah, call you and they say, you owe $30,000, you just say what, no? Yeah, is you the just really act stup
because you can't acknowledge that. And even like there's tricky things like credit agencies will pay into your debt. Like let's say 15 years have passed, sometimes they will pay into your debt so that they start the clock going again. Whoa. Yeah, they're really tricky. That's weird. Right? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So then, I mean, that's illegal and you can fight it, but there's all, right. all sorts of things. So you just kind of just don't engage. It's like, it's like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, uh, yes, uh, you, sir. Yes, sure. You. How did you find out who had your files? Oh, I think I, I can't remember, but um, you can call, I think, Equifax or one of those, <laughs> one of those agencies, and then they tell you. Uh, exactly like who you owe, how much money to, and what their name and address is, and stuff like that. They have a whole list, right? Yeah. All right, there you go. Uh, 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 yes, yes, you, sir. I feel really bad asking, but do you feel like divulging what your credit score was at that point? Do you know what your oh, credit score was, was? As I said, it was so bad that my bank wouldn't even give me a debit card. Right, but it's been two years and now it's up above average, which I don't really understand. It's above average. I don't, I don't understand why. It turns out because I settled on a loan, I look better on paper. I think I'd like to end on that weirdly optimistic piece of news. Let's wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. That was the final episode of this season. We will be back on September 4th with a brand new season. All the lectures there will be chosen by John McCurley. Trampling Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. Uh, this episode's lecture was originally chosen by Eula Benavolsky, and all the episodes in this season were handpicked by Margot Williamson. The podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. Kate Bars is the coordinating producer, and our podcast intern is Quinton Bradshaw. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, it really helps us out if you leave a review or rating on iTunes. Uh, we'd appreciate that. I'm Misha Gloverman. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.